Hey, you're listening to another episode of Joey's World. This is the show where comedian me, Joey Rinaldi, interviews comedians that I'm friends with. And for my first guest ever, I'm having a comedian who's from West Virginia. He was a baseball scout. Uh, He's a Dean Martin impressionist, and he's a good friend of the show. Everybody, welcome my good friend, Franklin Miller. Welcome to the show, buddy. I can't believe, you know, I get fired from my own show. It's a, it's a fantastic show. It's a growing show. And they give it to this dope. They give it to this clown. Oh. He takes over my show. No, no, I'm just fucking around. This is Franklin's world or Franco's world. I'm just, I, I, I can't even front. This is your show. But the thing is, I've been on this show like three times. Like, I can't, I can't like come on this show and like pretend like I have more stuff to talk about. Like we've talked about it all. I feel like. Yeah, and and you know, a lot of people are going to be like, okay, what weird baseball game are they going to talk about for for an hour and a half this time? I mean, if you want to talk about the 2007, um, I mean, I'm not the 2007, the 2004 Game Seven pennant between the Red Sox and Yankees. I can talk about that all day. I have that on DVD, and I watch it when I'm having a sick day. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I actually wholeheartedly believe you do that. Like that's not a bit. You actually do that. Dude, my brother thinks I'm so weird because uh he uh, he always um like walks in on me watching like 2008 Sun Spurs like playoff games. He goes, "This game happened like over 10 years ago. What's going on?" I'll watch old West Virginia football games to make myself feel oh, alive wait, again. Wait, oh my god, Dude, let's not go down the West Virginia football uh path again cuz I can talk forever about that. Okay, sounds good. And if anybody's confused who hasn't listened to a previous episode that I've been on, I'm comedian Joey Rinaldi. I have my own podcast called Trailer Trash where I make fun of movie trailers. But that's not what we're doing today. Today, I want to interview Franklin because Franklin is always interviewing comics. And I feel like I've listened to the show, big fan of the show. And I feel like we don't really know, like, everything we need to know about you. And I think your listeners, <laughs> as, as, as a listener of the show... I think I can speak for all listeners of this show that they want to know more about you. Yeah. So l- let's just chop right into it. Um, you're from West Virginia. Uh, were you born there? Born there, raised there. Um, lived in a couple of different spots in Pennsylvania. But I mean, really, I'm just like West Virginia through and through. It's wild, bro. Uh, growing up in the country, my next door neighbor's a quarter mile away. Didn't really have a lot of people, a lot of kids my age to play around with. So I had to be, I was confined to my own uh you know, my own room and just sat in there and wrote stuff and watched TV. And that's essentially it. Like my parents just stuck me in front of a television. So, so what town are you from? I'm from a place called Parkersburg, West Virginia. Um, it's How far is that from the campus? From West Virginia University. It's like an hour 45. But Parkersburg is most notorious for uh, drinking poisonous water for a couple decades. DuPont was dumping chemicals in our water. I got a bunch of money from the government when I was a kid. So you're like the OG Flint, like like when Flint yeah. became popular, you were like, "Oh, I've been there, done that." <laughs> yeah, like that's what people don't understand. It's like people's farms died, a lot of people got cancer. It was weird. So so you're you're living in this town an hour away from like anything. You don't really have too many neighbors. What do your parents do for a living? My dad was a key account manager for Pepsi. Uh, there's a Pepsi branch here, and he also did pastor stuff like for fun. But then he had the ability to do pastor stuff all the time, so he did that. And then my mom is his assistant, but she's just, you know, had various stuff. She just likes to do it for fun now. No, no. When you say your dad's a pastor, like, what church is he connected to? Like, is that he, like he? 
I don't want to like completely out their employers or everything, but uh, he works for like the entire convention. Like so, like the Baptist Church is a whole entity in in West Virginia, and he's like one of the people associated with that, and he runs like a department of that. And then like he'll just go and preach in random spots in the state for the heck of it for fun. Like he just likes to do that. And, and did you grow up with siblings or you're an only child? No, I have one sister. She's like 29. She lives in Madrid. She's got a great life. I'm jealous. And how old are you? You're 25? 24. So so your sister is like five years older than you? It, it goes five and four. It's like one of those. Sometimes it's five. Sometimes it's four years. And, and were you guys close growing up, you and your sister? No, we fought a lot. But then my sister had a really crazy experience where she had a child at like age 16 it was a very traumatic experience for me to have to like grow up with, with essentially. Yeah, raised. so you're like so you're like 11 years old having a fucking nephew to take care of. Essentially, it was like 11 years old having to take care of another child, but she did great. You know, they made the most of that situation. And uh, did, did you become closer with her because of this process? As, yeah, that I like after that. Like we used to like fight and bicker, and then after that, essentially, it just like all stopped. Like one day, it just like stopped. We just never argued over it. Like, over anything dumb, like, we just, I don't know, we just became really cool friends. And now, like, we text all the time and we joke around a lot. She's been on the show, I think, twice. Like, she's she was always a performer and everything, so she's easy to talk to. But by, by performer, what do you mean? She was, like, doing, like, local theater or, like, in the school Yeah, plays? she did, like, she did, like, you know how, like, the... What's the West Virginia theater scene like? I, I, that's what everyone really wants to know Well, there's know theater right West now. Virginia, and that's a big outdoor venue in the southern part of the state. But then she did, like, these off-off Broadway plays where they'd have, like... Uh, in New York? No, no, no. Off, off. Like it'd be the tour of the tour. Like oh, <laughs> these people, yeah. were, these people were doing Oliver. Uh, like they were like doing the tour of Oliver, but of their own version. So that's like. What hey, it, I have a brother from the theater world, and don't like make fun of that. Like my brother, like he he was slaving to get on that tour, and, and so like that means your sister fucking has chops to even get involved in that. That's awesome. Oh yeah, she was she was super talented, and we drive like we would drive to like Pittsburgh and stuff for auditions, and oh my god, so, I can't take so, how so, many. Go ahead. So I'm seeing you. You're you're a young Franklin. You're watching your sister perform. Are you watching your your dad? perform uh sermons at a church too? every every I, I was very fortunate i got a front row seat at the time i hated it that i wasn't allowed to play with my toys i was forced to go to church every day if possible you know but now looking back on it i got to watch my dad do an hour of material every week and it's all new stuff you know what i mean wait it was new stuff every time yeah you never saw him do the phone it in and like tell like a dumb joke from the week before i'm sure he's phoned it in and he's called stuff back but like He's he's a really good speaker, man. He's he's been asked to do a lot of uh wild events. So so you're traveling around the the uh the south and like middle America so your sister can do auditions on Sundays. You're seeing your dad perform, and and, and when being around these two vibrant personalities, people involved in the theater world, how did you take that? And at any point were you like, oh, am I'm supposed to be a performer as well, or or were you not even thinking like that? I just like, I, you know, when I was a little kid, all I cared about was like baseball, but um, I really enjoyed making people laugh and I always wanted to help people. I know that's arrogant to think that like me, a, a jokester could help someone, but it took me a while to figure out what that method would be. And when I figured out like, oh, it's it's doing comedy. So the greatest thing I ever got was like, it, it, it was a whole like, not to go back to the religion thing, but it was a come to Jesus moment when I turned like 13 or 14 and I got like 
I finally because I had a, I had a TV in my room, but it was just a rabbit ear television. I only got like three channels, and and I put tinfoil on the rabbit ears so I could watch Saturday Night Live on the weekends. But then when I got an actual TV in my room that had more than two channels, and I got Comedy Central, and I just left it on there and would watch stand up all day, and like so, I don't want to get like you know out my family here but when my parents and my sister are screaming at each other about the whole pregnancy thing that's going on and it feels like my outside world is going bananas and and you know obviously I'm not paying attention in school because all I care about is joking with my friends I can shut myself in my room and turn on stand up and it's just like this is oh okay and and then it's like this is it so what age was that uh, like 11 12 like 11 12 13 yeah and who was it the first comic that you saw and you were like, oh, I got to watch this? Honestly, it's hard for me to like actually uh, – I think it was Patrice O'Neill's Elephant in the Room special, honestly. I think that's – And so, so how would that come about? Like you were just on like I know Comedy Central I, it, 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 I know and it, it just it, – it, it, like after like some like airing of some like let, – let, let's say like I remember like How High would be on a lot. So like you're just watching How High, the ending credits roll – and then all of a sudden, they just start into a stand-up special. I feel, you know like, what I'm I feel about? like Balls was, of Fury. Balls of Fury was on TV every week, but uh, so, but you know that feeling you have when like Balls of Fury's um, credits are happening, and then like they just, like fast forward through the credits to quickly put on something new. And whenever it's a stand-up special, it's almost like who's this guy about to invade my TV for the next hour? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, do you know that feeling, or is yeah. that just to me? No, that's like, absolutely right, bro. It's like 2008, 2009, and I'm watching Daniel Tosh's stand-up special, and I'm like, this guy is the funniest person to walk the face of the earth. You know what I mean? And so what did the Petrie special like do for you? Like, what Was it just something that made you realize, oh, this is funny, I, I this is a good place to like – get away from my life well it, or was it, it or made was it inspiring? me it made me laugh and like and that that's really like the barometer as to like oh how good is it and how like bad is it it's like does it make me laugh okay then that's it then that's good so it, you know i would watch these specials and i hate to say this but like i was 13 years old and this is so a lot of kids and like growing up if they they would play along to records like i was telling you i was doing i was playing music along with records uh before technology came out but for me my version of that was i was writing their jokes on paper and editing them and then giving them to my parents and making it seem like i was writing these elaborate kevin hart patrice o'neill no, bill burr dude, dude i want to roast you so badly but i that's how i got into stand up like like i would go to my family i was like 12 years old joey how are you gonna roast me no 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 i'm saying like that sounds hilarious but i i did the same thing i would go to family barbecues and just do like a full-on 15-minute Chappelle monologue. And people would be like, this guy's a genius. Oh, my God. Yeah, but the thing is, is like my mom would never laugh. She'd be like, okay, I don't get it. You let, you let no, like, like so like your mom didn't find you funny. Did your sister or dad find you funny? No, nah, I never really shared it with them. You know what I mean? Well, why do you feel comfortable sharing it to your mom? Like, what's that? What's your relationship with your mom like? That we're you feel tight. So... We're we're like best. We're best friends, and I feel sorry for, the, for any girl that I date because she's not going to be good enough. Ah! So 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 did you feel like you had like this connection with your mom because your dad and your sister were like the performers and like and is that what bonded you and your mom? Yeah, my mom. Like... My mom was an athlete. She played college basketball, so she coached my basketball team. She coached my baseball teams. And like that's what we would do. We would watch baseball together. Like that was our thing. So what? What's your team being from West Virginia? 
well, growing when I was a little little kid, I liked the Braves, and then my sister moved to Pittsburgh in like 2011, maybe 12. So then I started watching them, and now I just like after I got that job in baseball, now I just watch whoever I like the Mets. I think the Mets have been like my team I've been following for a couple of years. So so we're gonna clearly get a lot of comedy conversation because we're both comics. So I just want to stop talking about com- comedy for a little bit. And I, and I want to talk about baseball for a second. Like, were you good at baseball? Yeah, I was pretty all right. Yeah. What, what, what was your first team? Do you know the name of your first team you played the for? The first team I played on was Noble Roman's Pizza. It was a gas station pizza chain. Oh, man, dude. I just uh, went into comedy in Tennessee. And so I, like, know what you're talking about. Now, if you told me, like, a month ago – you, there was a gas station pizza place. I'd be like, that makes no sense because in Connecticut, where I'm from, it's like you have a pizza place, you have a gas station, and they're not connected ever. But when I was <laughs> driving right. through Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee, it was like you go to a gas station. And it goes, well, this is the gas station, but it's also Big Shirley's Fried Chicken. And in the corner over there, <laughs> that, that's that, 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 that's um, that, that's Wayne's Homemade Liquor. And I'm like, what? Homemade what? Liquor? <laughs> yeah, they is this legal? The bathtub. It's good. Is, yeah, is this street legal? I mean, like, like, and he goes, no, it's not really legal. Just don't tell anybody where you got it from. Like, Cops are walking so, in and out of there. Oh, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. I, I, yeah, we, we bought it. We used it for my bachelor party last week. So, yeah, it was this whole – I know now what you're talking about, about gas station, pizza, gas station, anything. Yeah. Because that's not a thing where I'm from. No. You just go to the gas station to get gas. Maybe a soda bottle. That's it. The gas station pizza had really good breadsticks because the cheese was had, had like jalapenos and it. it was like hot cheese. It was so good. So how old were you when you're on the gas station baseball team? Oh, when, whenever you are when you first start playing, like six. I don't know, five, six. W- was the coach pitching at this time? Yeah, yeah this pitching? was this was coach pitch. Yeah. And and uh, when when did you like realize that like oh this is like I'm not just like doing it like I, like I I understand what I'm doing. I, when did it click? So as far as like my baseball IQ goes, I don't want to sound braggadocious, but my coaches would even tell me this. Mr. Simon, he coached us until we were like 14 or whatever. That's like when I stopped to stop playing baseball and started getting into comedy. But uh, I, uh, he would he would tell me like I knew the game better than anyone, and he would always ask like situational questions or strategy questions, and I'd be like answering them. I'd be like eight years old and be like, well, actually, we want to do this because he's going this way or that. So like I my as far as like my baseball IQ goes like I think I always knew the game more than the average so, bear. So what position would you play? I know like growing up that you you move positions year yeah. to year. Well, I go. never got to play first base or I'll tell you or catcher. You're, you're, but you're like a big guy. You're like six four. Right but now? I'm fast. That's the thing. So you never needed to be so so where where did you play? where does a six four guy play baseball? I don't even know. Like left left field, field, center field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, honestly, be- but whenever I was like, I didn't get my growth spurt till I was like 16 years old. So I was short. And so I would play like second and short in left field. That's mostly where I played. Second and short. Those are the most, so second, short and center field. Those are the most fun positions. You were playing all three. Yeah. Sometimes I, sometimes I play left. I really like second base a lot though. Like second places, second base is where I played. Like when I got into intramurals in college and stuff like that. I liked second base. Uh, Cause I, I don't I have don't a strong, mean- I don't have a strong arm. Yeah, so second base was my favorite position to play as well. But I, I, I actually had a cannon uh, for a while in, like, middle school. So they'd always put me at third base. And, dude, I don't know about you. Have you ever done the third base thing? It's scary. Have I done the third base thing? Yes, Joey. Have Yo, you done the thing called third base? Yeah. I don't know. 
No, not a blowjob. No, bl- no blowjob. I'm talking about actual third base. I'm talking. Blow- about, yeah, I'm a. I was I wanna, a baseball scout. I, you don't think I've played third? I want. I want to go on the record. I'm not afraid of blowjobs, but third playing third base, I'm so afraid of. That is the scariest position of all time. Yeah, out of any corner. sport, any sport. So, uh, so you were playing second base, and and what year were you like your peak? Like, like did you have like a year where you were just the best player on the team, MVP? I don't know about MVP, but I made a few All Star teams and stuff like that. I you made you made the local All Star teams. Yeah, like all the time. Yeah. And did you have any, so are these the teams that have to travel like around the country to play? My team wasn't involved with Little League. They were involved. I don't know what entity they were involved with, but we there was a Little League team, like a team that was affiliated with Little League World Series in my hometown, and they had a field with grass, and they got to play under the lights, and we would go there and kick their teeth in. What do you mean they had a field with grass? Did your field just have like dirt and soda cans? What are yeah, we it was dirt. About? Yeah, it was a dirt field. What? Fully dirt, no grass. No, the outfield was grass, but the whole infield was dirt. It's like a softball field. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, you're playing baseball, and you said at 14 is when you stop playing baseball. Yeah, and then I think why? Because tennis, tennis and baseball are in the same season. I was a better tennis player than I was a uh, baseball player. You're a ten- I've I've talked to you so much since the pandemic started. For anyone who doesn't know this, I've never met Franklin in person. We we no. we're, we're, str- we're strictly a long distance. We were a long distance relationship. We were on the phone till two in the morning last night working on jokes. I know. I feel like I'm in Groundhog's Day right now. Uh, and and this so we were up till three a.m. last night writing jokes. And then I tweeted at nine a.m. And before the tweet could even hit sent, I got a text from Frank Franklin being like. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, Nine a.m. is a bad time to tweet. I can't believe this <laughs> up. So you literally were the last person I talked to before I went to bed. First person to text me in the morning, and now I'm like, now we're fucking back at it right now. <laughs> I love it, brother. I love it. I, I can't wait to find out. I've been, um, I've been like catfishing you. And I'm not actually Joey Rinaldi. That'd be I'm wild, like, bro. If you were I'm a like, fake person, I'm Manti Teoing you. <laughs> I'd be wild if you had a voice changer. You were just Claire with a voice changer. Yeah, yeah, this is actually Claire. Oh my god, I was with Claire the other night. Claire's doing well. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, tennis, bro. I was a good tennis player. Uh, one. Were county... you ranked, dog? Were you ranked? No, I wasn't ranked. I won a county championship when middle school, which isn't worth anything. Uh, and then when I got to high school, I won a conference title, and at the time, it was the biggest conference in the United States. And how, what have you learned from like being a tennis player and a baseball player? Do you feel like any of that has translated to you, your work ethic as a comic? No, but it makes me, um, like I never was like lifting extra weight. I played soccer and football too. If you want to talk about all my sports, but, uh, I was never no, like no, soccer and football. We don't care. I was, I was never <laughs> like lifting extra weights. I was never running really hard. I was just doing the bare minimum to get by and going by on like natural ability and but I loved being around the team aspect. I was always like a a team guy. People always like had me like lead the team talks and stuff like that. I love talking to to my teammates, and I think like the ability to grasp an audience was always a a goal. So I think it's fascinating that you're a tennis player because I feel like like team sports, for instance, have like a more clear cut thing to them. The way like almost I would say like even like like theater has to it because I feel like if you're somebody trying to get into theater. It's like baseball. Like you just try out for the team theater. You try out for the play. But I feel like in comedy, you don't really know what to do. Like I get asked all the time, like since like there's nothing to like really try out for in comedy, how do you even get on your first like open mic? How do you perform your first show? Yeah. 
And I feel like tennis is kind of has that same daunting to it. Like I like, like if I want to get competitive about tennis, I don't fucking like know what channels. Like I'm, talking, I'm thinking back to like me at being like ten years old. I don't, I wouldn't know what avenues to go down. I didn't so, watch so, tennis on TV. I think tennis on TV is kind of boring. I like to watch the U.S. Open though. So, so I'm saying like, like, did you feel like 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 the way it was to get into tennis was similar to getting into comedy in the sense that it was all you all alone? No, uh, no, I honestly uh, because I was so like. Like, I'm trying hard to make connections here. I was so focused tell? on, like, the team. Because it is a tennis team. Like, when you're playing... There is a tennis team? Yeah, it's a tennis team. Like, in high school and stuff like that, it is a team. Like, you are trying to, like, win a oh, match I, to get a... I'm so stupid. I didn't know that. Team. Well, I like, thought... I mean, it's college tennis is the same way. But, I mean, like, yeah, at the end of the day, it is just you versus the other guy. But I would beat these people, and it would get to a point... Like, my mom would get so mad at me. This is documented. This is, I can go on record. I would give up points to people or, like give up a game to somebody because like I wanted them to also have fun while we were playing the game. I didn't want to like beat somebody 8-0 instantly out of the gate because I just felt like that would make them hate the game. And I didn't want that. I was such a softy. Never had that killer mentality. That is incredible. So you say that's not a killer mentality, but I, I think that's like a better mentality to like live life. Like, 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 like that shows that you have a lot of empathy and you actually enjoy playing tennis. Like, I feel like there's so many athletes out there that, like, are so into, like, winning that it's, like, not even fun for them at, at some point. That's the so, problem I had with soccer. I would play on the, these travel teams and stuff like that, and we'd go over the East Coast. And, like, these kids, like, that's when I knew, like, that sport wasn't for me. So I was, like, a junior in high school, and that was my main sport. And it's like, do I want to play in college or not? And then, like, all these kids are literally trying to kill you. And I'm like, you know what? They can have that. I'm cool with just, like, I didn't even end up playing on the travel team my senior year. I was like... I'm not going to college to play soccer. Somebody else can have my spot. They want it more. They want to enjoy it. I think that's I think that's why we're such good friends because I I play, I'm a basketball player and I played travel basketball for one season in sixth grade and you're right it was all these people who have this killer instinct and I'm like but what about like being friends you, you guys want to like hang out <laughs> after and about like being friends yeah. Yeah, like, like you guys want to like play two K later, and they're like, "Nah, like I- I'm trying to like practice and like so you don't take my spot." I'm like, "Oh, okay, like I'm sorry, like yeah, I didn't know your spot was up for grabs. <laughs> like I don't know. I thought I thought it was a team effort here. I was yeah, like, we were all working for one common goal. I didn't know there was yeah. animosity between us. Yeah, I thought this game you'll take over. The next game you'll let me take over. It's a it's a it's a, it's a they, they they like they travel basketball got so competitive. There was this one kid Henry who I remember he was like the best kid on the team. But I remember the coach didn't like like him, and so he wouldn't get playing time, even though he was by far, in my opinion, the best player on the team. So when Henry would go in, he wouldn't even allow himself to pass the ball or like look at other teammates because he's like, "Fuck, the coach hates me so much. Like I have to like do everything in my power to score yeah. just to show the coach that he's wrong about me." Mm-hmm. And that and and that's such a wild mentality where like you can't even trust your own teammates to pass to them because. They're fucking like their dads are talking on your back, being like, "My son's better. Don't fucking play that asshole kid, Henry." That's wild, bro. I I want to get to a point where I can coach like a little league baseball team, not too little, but like old enough to where they understand the game. But I will not deal with the dads. I will not deal with the parents. I'm there. Like, yeah, I want you the don't, kids you don't, to like you don't have grab fun. A, you don't want to grab fun. a beer with them after, dude, and hear why their son should be getting more playing time. Man? Negative. It's a. It's a <laughs> we're gonna. You know what? We're gonna have a boys only breakfast. It's gonna be a players only meeting, and we're gonna say, "Hey, kids, you guys got to tell your dads lay off me." Okay. Well, well, honestly, 
these uh, dads should listen to you because you actually work professionally in baseball. It stays with the clubhouse dads. And, and how did you uh, get involved in working professional baseball? Because uh, I have friends who want to do that. My brother actually worked for the MLB for a little bit. And it's no, it's not easy. So uh, what happened to, to make uh, this tennis playing, baseball loving, comedy loving, fucking reverend son person or pastor son get involved in fucking being a baseball scout? I, I don't even know how it happened. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I lied. I cheated. And that's how <laughs> I, t- I lied and I cheated. That's how I got the job in professional baseball. I lied and cheated. Oh, just like Barry Bonds, the greatest baseball player of my lifetime, probably. <laughs> exactly. Now, I, I mean, like, I knew a lot about the game. And I always watched it. And um, uh, the summer, one summer in college, I worked for a radio corporation. And one of the gig perks of the gig was getting to work on the broadcast of Pittsburgh Pirates games. So I get to go to PNC Park and be around the stadium on, like, game day. And I was like, I really like this atmosphere. And then a job came along when I was about to graduate college and it was like baseball, like a video scouting for baseball. And I was like, this is cool. It's an agency. It's its own thing. It seemed reputable. And I looked and saw like what some of the guys who worked there went on to do. And like the GM of the Tampa Bay Rays uh, worked there and like a whole bunch of guys who, who make big decisions for big league clubs work there. And I, and I applied and I guess it was okay application. And then they sent me a test where I had to go through all these, play scenarios and talk about what's going on in the scenario then here's where i cheated they sent me a list of 100 pitches and i had to watch 100 pitches 100 different guys variations left right all this and i had to say where it was the location and what it was like what type of pitch and so what i did because like my i had lacked in watching a lot of baseball that year because i didn't know what everyone's repertoire was i looked up their pitch list as i was looking at their video and i was like okay so this guy throws that so it has to be that and so i probably look like a genius but really i just like cheated and said like well that guy can't throw a curveball he throws a slider you know what i mean but the thing is uh i think scouts don't scouts get that information yeah so it's not like really cheating but like i'm sure that that, that reminds me of something of my like i had a chemistry teacher sophomore year of high school that made every test open note Huh. And, and I was like, why? I remember I asked him, I was like, why, why are you doing that? And he goes, I worked in like labs for NASA. I worked in labs for like he, he, very impressive dude. And he goes, I didn't memorize shit to do any of that. I had my notebook out the whole time when I was like fucking. He, I think he made like a sniper rifle for like the like the like the, 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 like the fucking army or something. He goes, yeah, I don't memorize any any of that shit. It was all fucking note taken. So you guys should be able to have notes yeah and i don't know i feel like baseball scouts have notes and shit oh yeah a lot of notes a good a good guy shouldn't be able to identify a knuckleball <laughs> yeah uh there's a lot of, there's a lot of notes uh, and then you know i get to the job there and do the job there and it's a it was a whole thing it was fun though i have a lot of friends still in the game so if your buddy if your brother needs some uh connections let me know oh my, my brother he's doing pretty fine right now uh shout out to frank he's also a frank Oh, heck yeah, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, Frank and Frank. You guys got to meet. <laughs> I'm down. Down to clown. Down to clown, always. And so what? what uh, why aren't you still in baseball? Why, why, why the change to like – I think like, we talked about this, and it's just because like I was – I, I don't know if your listeners have heard you talk about it. They definitely know though. the story where I was still like – so I had been doing comedy since I was like 20 – 20, uh, I was at – it was right before my 21st birthday, so I was 20 years old. And uh, like 
I, w- I thought like, man, I got this job in Allentown. That's close to Philly. That's closer to New York. I'll have so much time to to drive down and hit mics, and like it'll be great. It'll be a perfect start on my regular career, but then also grow my comedy career. And then I get the job, and I'm like, I have zero time to drive to Philly and do five minutes and then drive back. So you know, when I had that job and I started doing the podcast, I was like, okay, these are the podcasts are now my reps. And like, eventually I will be able to get back to hitting the mics every night. You know what I mean? So I just like, totally. now it's just like trying to find a gig where I can hit mics every day. So you were doing comedy before you got the baseball gig. I didn't realize that. I thought, I thought like the baseball gig led to you doing comedy. No. So let's and so, so you're, so you're so, like, so, 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 wow, so this guy's been in it for three years and he sucks. Yeah. So, so, so let's quickly backtrack. You, you, you were going to West Virginia and you were dorming there. You weren't like commuting, right? Uh, yeah, no, I lived there. I lived by myself, uh, sophomore through senior year, freshman year. I had oh. freshman year. I was really depressed and bummed out and didn't leave my dorm and lost a lot of weight. And all I did was just watch Bill Burr specials. Wow. So you started doing comedy the next year then? Yeah. The next year. And before we get there, why were you so bummed out? What was happening in college that made you not want to ever leave your dorm and watch Bill I just, Burr? No, I think – well, I was watching a lot of films too. And then my first thought was like maybe I want to work in background on like a movie. And I think that would be fun. And I realized I don't want to do that at all. But No, uh, background's brutal. Um, I don't know what it was. Uh, I think it wasn't necessarily the adjustment of being away from home. I loved – having my own space to do stuff and it got so much better after i had my own apartment so maybe it was just being in the dorm that that kind of like sucked but but like what happened it was college not what you thought it was gonna be were you not making friends i think yeah like so it's a dunking school it's like how many people go there like 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 a hundred thousand or something i don't, I don't well, know get this joey I thought college was going to be this grand experience where I'm going out and meeting people and trying new stuff. And, you know, I have a baby face, so I look like I'm 14 years old walking. Yeah, through campus. You have a punchable baby face. Like, uh, you know, if, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But uh, I fumbled on my words because I was trying to say it the nicest way possible. I was like, no, there's no nice way to say that. I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, oh, there was 13 kids on my floor alone that went to my high school. So it's hard to make friends and try new things when you're surrounded by your hometown. Wait, really? Like that many people like you knew were at your school? Yeah, 13, 13 kids from my high school lived on my floor freshman year of college. Oh, man, dude. And like, were there even people you fucked with? Yes, the like I'd say like six of them I, I hung out with. And three of them were my roommates. So like, I chose those. So... Guys. Uh, yeah, you chose them, but it, it wasn't conducive for you to like starting like a, a new life or like opening up a new side of your personality, kind of. Correct. Like and then, and then when I lived more. by myself and I got to be in my own, you know, thoughts all day, and I started writing comedy, and I was just in my little world. That was great. So, so at what point were you like talking about doing comedy and realized I have to stop talking and start doing it? Like, like was that sophomore year? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. And then like, I was, I heard, I was, I would write a ton of jokes. I would just never perform them. And then I would, you know, just be an absolute sponge. Anytime a comedian was on, you know, just talking in an interview. And so I heard Seinfeld say he started when he was 21 and I'm like, Oh, well I have to start before Seinfeld. Like, you know, so I started when I was 20. So what was your first uh, joke that you wrote that you were like, oh, this is – I'm doing it. The first joke I ever wrote that you can't – looking back on it, I can't say killed. At the time, I thought it killed. 
But <laughs> here you're talking. You're talking to me. I, I I've been doing this for like four or five years now, and I I don't I don't I still have jokes that I write that are fucking awful. Right. So lay it on me, sister. Well, it's a whole story. It's a it's a joke about uh playing Call of Duty and getting too emotionally attached to the characters and getting upset when they die, but I can't play it because I get seasick because of the blood, and then it becomes a whole thing, and Tom Hanks is involved, and then it's a scene where some guy from Brooklyn has a pizza shop, and I talk about how I need to save him, and then, no, I'm forced to move on. And then, like, in the history books, they don't tell you this, but there's infinite ammo if you turn around the corner, and all that stuff. So it's a whole <laughs> Call of Duty. That, that's hilarious, this infinite ammo if you turn the corner. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that, that reminds me of, like, one of the first jokes. This, this joke I wrote, like, on Facebook when I was like 13 or 14, way before I ever thought I was actually going to do comedy. But I wrote this joke on Facebook that like made people laugh in high school where I was like, um, uh, just got crabs. Good news. I can get rid of them. Bad news is I already named them. So now I don't want to get rid of them. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And that's kind of like uh, your whole, I feel like, could that work as a tweet or is, or is that like hack at this point? I feel like somebody else has probably done that already. I don't know. I I don't want to go inside the jokester studio on this one. Cause I don't want to, we'd be on here for uh, evidence last we, we, night. We, we, we were on until until three in the morning yeah. working on one yeah, tweet. Dude, I, we, I, I sent you like 11 drafts of one tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it was good Wait, though. Is it, if I, is it funnier if I say crabs or herpes? I don't like it's yeah. too much. Which one's which one's funnier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and should I should I say I have it or should I say my sister gave it to me? What's funnier? I don't know. <laughs> none of that's none of that's doable. That's awful. All of it. Uh, <laughs> but um, so you, you you had this Call of Duty joke and and where's the open mic? Was it an open mic or was it a show? How how did you get on mic, stage? Open mic. And here's how sadistic. Where where was it? Okay, I'll tell you the whole story about this open mic. So get laid on me. I was 20 years old. And I had been lying to my friends, essentially what you did, and told them I was a comedian before I was a comedian because I had heard, don't tell people it's your first time because it'll give them sympathy and people will be like, oh, that was good for his first time. Like I didn't want that at all. So I invited like eight friends. It was a packed house. It was the biggest – it was honestly the most people I've ever seen in this venue other than one other time. So it's a really good venue in my in my college town. A lot of good bands started out there. And I get up there and I just commit to it and and it kills and, and you know, these mostly girls are laughing. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess girls just like my stuff and that's it. But uh, I don't know, man. I just lied to my friends and I ended up doing really good. It was wild. Dude, well, that's so amazing. I'm glad you actually had a good first experience. And I, 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 you, you're, you're in the minority, I think. I feel like most people have like awful first time performing. But that's the thing, Joey. That's the thing. It's like I'm going to be like now it's like, oh, I started good and now I suck. Uh, who knows that you suck? When was the last time you even got on stage? Last – it's been over a year. I think like last November of like – November of like 2019 was the last time I got on. Well, I had that well, New Year's gig. Well, but, then that, that's the thing. You don't suck, my dude. You I had the New Year's gig. Are, I had the New Year's yeah. gig. It went well. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Where was that? That was that was at that fancy uh, hotel I was telling you about. Oh, yeah. The fancy hotel. So you done one show in like a year? Yeah, essentially. Other than the Zoom shows. No, Zoom shows, that's a different muscle entirely. Okay. I, I feel like the Zoom shows like a, is like a fucking where podcasting and stand-up comedy kind of meet. It's like a weird hybrid. Mm -hmm. and And it's not really... It's not the same muscle. 
that you'd be using I'm as with stand you. up. I'm with you. I'm with you. But um so I, I don't think you should say ever that you're this is one comic talking to another comic. I don't think you should say that you're getting worse or that it's got been downhill. I'm trying just, to sound Joey, it, I'm trying to sound humble, okay? I think no, I'm a good joke writer and I think I'm funny, but I'm trying to sound humble. Well, no, no, but but I'm actually trying to talk to you a little, like I'm trying to open up to you, my man. Okay. It, it's it's not a you problem. It's a, it's a practice problem, and, and I think like I know shitty comics who fucking can kill because they fucking do five spots a night, and I know great comics who bomb because they're getting up once a month. And, and the thing is, doing well on a show isn't always the the answer. Like doesn't always equate to good comedy. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that it's it, good comedy. Well, I'm ta- I'm trying. I'm talking as if I'm like an expert. I'm not an expert. I've only been doing this four years. And well, there's you're a lot further along the journey than I am. There's probably a lot of New York comics who would hear this and be like, Joey, why is Joey saying this? He's an idiot. So but, <laughs> there's, a of, there's probably a lot of New York comics listening to this and be like, why does this kid only interview New York comics and he doesn't even live here? Yeah, probably. So uh, back to my point, though. Take this with a grain of salt. But what defines good comedy to me is not about if you kill or not kill. It's about or how much you get up or not get up. It's about having comfortability in your own voice. And when you get up there, people like you're making people laugh because of who you are and not you doing an impression of a comic that you think you should be doing. Oh, yeah. I definitely, like, I definitely was impersonating people when I first started. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's what I'm saying. No, I, 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 everyone falls in that trap. It fucking happens to everybody. Who did you I, impersonate? I, who did you impersonate? All right, you want me to answer that question? It's really ugly. That was fine. So Chappelle is like my first love all-time comic. Like I grew up watching the Chappelle show. And so I went up there thinking that Chappelle was the way you were supposed to do comedy. So I would just get up there and I'd be like, yo, man, I got some fucked up shit to talk about. Like like talking like really like 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 my worst black impression of all time. <laughs> and like comics would come up to me and be like, hey man, um, Jokes were written well, but don't talk like that. And, Joey, and like, uh... and, and, and like specifically, like the, it was very specific. Chappelle, I would do it. Was, it would be like Chappelle from the special, um, for what it's worth. Like when he's like doing all the, the Indian bit, you know, like the Indian bit where he's like, um, where he's like, oh, that's the special that started it all for me. Never mind, killing them softly. Oh, kill them softly. That was his first special, uh, the HBO one. Me and my dad, me and my dad watched that a lot. And and the crackhead, the baby selling uh, weed on the corner, that joke killed me. Hey, baby. Yeah. So I would be, so I would be doing the Chappelle tropes in my act. So like, it, so I would purposely write a bit where I had to say the word baby. So I'd be like, so I can just do the Chappelle. Hey, baby. You oh, know what wow. Oh, and like, wow. or, 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 or like, I, I would purposely be like, um, I, I bring up a situation that I thought was fucked up. So I'd be like. Was fucked up, and like you know, Chappelle always says that. Like, uh, it's kind of fucked up though. But I, uh, I asked him, "What tribe are you from?" And like, I would do like, I would, I would find ways to do Chappelle's catchphrases because I thought that was comedy. I didn't realize that Chappelle was the only one doing Chappelle. I thought like everybody. I thought he also was stealing from somebody else that also was talking <laughs> like that. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that like every comic would have their own unique voice. And that's what I'm trying to get to. Like that's what separates a good comic from yeah. a bad comic. And, and like, it, like, like there's great comics that you can find videos of bombing and there's bad comics. You find videos of, of, of killing. And, yeah. and, and, and it's, and the, the thing that I keep telling people and telling myself is that comedy is like golf. Yeah. You, we've talked about the, that. 
And that like nobody, it's because in basketball, people can defend you and they can block your shot. In, in golf, nobody can actually block you from shooting. It's all mental. And so as long as you just keep trucking along, playing your game, you'll get better no matter what other people on the course are doing. Exactly. No, I I love that. I love that uh, metaphor. It's great. Or similar. I hope I made sense. I, I no, don't it know. Makes perfect <laughs> sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, man. So, uh, uh, so you you started doing comedy at twenty. You're not twenty four. What um, who was like one of your like first like did like who was like your first person you met in comedy that was like oh, okay this guy's going to tell me something not to do now. Like, did you oh, know dude, I would do that in college. I would interview comedians and tell them it was for like school projects, but really it was just an opportunity for me to pick their brain. So not to like name drop, but the biggest one I got was Jared Freed. And he talked to me for like Whoa. an hour and a half when I was in, this was like a couple years ago, obviously. And he talked to me for like an hour and a half and I might still have the recording somewhere. And I told him it was for a project and I kind of did use it for a project, but mostly it was for my own like, information and he would tell me a bunch of stuff and he really helped me out and it was a really cool full circle moment and he was touring and he had a gig in philly and i went to the gig in philly and i met him after the show and i was like you talked to me when i was in college and he said he remembered i don't know if he did or not but there's a pictorial evidence of me and him uh saying what's up to each other at punchline philly good club Dude, I'm telling you right now, that's not like uncommon. Like, why would he not remember that? Like, th- think about it. Comedians, they're, fu- they're A, self-absorbed people. I'm not saying Jared Fitz self-absorbed, but I'm saying like that, that the archetype of comics are self-absorbed and they love themselves. So anybody that's allowing them to talk about themselves, they're probably going to remember. You know what I'm saying? Fair. Like, like Judd Apatow, I mean, si- Jerry Seinfeld never forgot Judd Apatow and Jeb- Judd Apatow interviewed him when he was like, 11 years oh, old. Oh, yeah, dude. I totally took a page out of Apatow's playbook where I was just, like, interviewing comics and stuff like that. So who – are there any other comics that, like, you you, you interviewed that I would know? I met yeah. I met one later. I met Steve Byrne later, comedian Steve Byrne. He's an incredible guy. He – have you ever seen that documentary where he hits, like, I don't know, maybe 13 spots in one night? Or maybe it's 20 spots in one night? It's crazy. Wait, wait, wait. You mean Aaron Berg? No, no, no. Steve Byrne. He had the TBS show, Sullivan and Son. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah of course. But, uh, uh, oh, I thought you were talking about Aaron Berg because Aaron Berg just made um, – he's a New York – you know Aaron Berg? I don't he's, think he's, so. If I saw a picture of him, I might. Well, he's a New York comic. He does, like, a uh, podcast like In Hot Water. He's also does Frantic at the Stand. And he has an Amazon movie out where he did, like, 25 spots in one night. Yeah, then, no, Steve Byrne did that, like, whenever ago. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, very cool. Uh, that's what I thought you were talking about. I, I I've never seen the Steve Byrne one though. That's cool. Yeah, I remember that. It was like uh, I was in college, and uh, you know, it was him and Bill Burr sitting in, in like a round table with a couple other big time comics, and they were talking about like what it was like to be a comic and and how fun it was. And I was like, man, like that's that's so cool. You know what I mean? I just wanted to be one of the guys. Like I wanted to crush, make people laugh, and be one of the guys. So I want to know now. So what what do your parents like think about your comedy? Like when they when you first started doing it to like now? Oh, they've never, they've never said a, an ill word. They've never, they've always been, you know, supportive of me. I'm very fortunate to have supportive parents. And, and like, has your dad ever given you any tips? Yeah, we talk a lot about like what it's like maneuvering through troubled waters. Essentially, when you can tell the boat is rocking and the crowd is like not really feeling it, and it's just like, okay, how do we just like, how do we just fi- find a port? How do we just end it? You know, how do we land the plane? 
You know what? I'm trying to navigate that right now in this interview because uh, I, I, I'm doing this. I realize I've never really done a full-on interview like this before, uh, not for a while. And, and I, I can relate with that right now. I'm like, how do I get to the next topic I want to talk about? We're talking about uh, dating for the last 15 minutes? I was about to bring that up! How did you know that? That's why we're boys. Oh, my God. Because I was thinking, like, how can I maneuver comedy, talking about your dad, to, to dating? And you know what? I won't have a smooth segue. You said you do talk about dating. I want to hear about dating. You, I heard you're quarantined in West Virginia. You're afraid of all the COVID people out there. Yeah. So um, you, 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 you're you not searching for, for uh, the poutine? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a... Uh... I'm not a hound. I'm not out there dog. You're not a dog. You're not, I'm not a dog. dog. I, I'm a sick puppy, so <laughs> I, can't, I can't relate. Nah, man. And it's like, I was always like this, though. Like, I would always just, like, shut myself off in my room and watch stand-up and be like, okay, this is funny, you know. And, and that's all I did uh, growing up in high school. Um, you know, I, I did what kids do. You know, it's nothing crazy. So, but so like, let, me ask the, let me ask the blunt question. What was the last time you, you got laid? Uh, since Nom. <laughs> that's such a cop-out answer when was your last girlfriend my last girlfriend i broke up with her in april oh my god so like right as quarantine was going down you were like bitch i ain't trying to whoa no shit. not like that no not that no all right, all right take out the bitch you were like girl i'm not trying to lock down with you right now it was a weird situation you know that was like the first girl i ever really said like i love you too i don't like to throw that word around a lot it you said like, it to me last night, you, you sandbagging son of a bitch. <laughs> but no, man, it's just like one of those adult relationships where two people want different things. They both want each other, obviously, but they want different things. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, I don't really f foresee myself compromising. You don't foresee yourself compromising. It's best we get this out of the way now as opposed to, you know, we end up a couple years down the line and then somebody becomes bitter and, and angry with somebody. What, what, what was the problem with the two of you? What, what didn't you guys, what didn't she like, what, what was the conflict? I wanted to be a comic and, and, and she wanted to be, to have a small town life and be married young and have kids younger and that type of stuff. You made the right decision. <laughs> that I mean, it's awful. no ill will to her and maybe her, her ideas have changed, but it's like, you know, she's a sweetheart, but we just want different stuff. And so since um, you broke things off with your ex-girlfriend, um, you, you have not been on the dating apps? Have you, have you been swiping? I get on Tinder, but solely for validation and ego. That's the only reason I'm on there. You're not trying to meet up? No, like I flirt with them and maybe I set up... <laughs> Maybe I set up a date and maybe the date gets canceled. Maybe. No, uh, you're not one of those guys. No, I'm oh, not. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. so sorry. I got to cancel last minute. I'm not uh, one I don't, of those I don't, guys. I don't normally do this, but uh, I yeah. actually have. I really, uh, I really. My dog died. A couple, like, like a month and a half ago, I put like my app, like my podcast info on my, in my bio. So like, I'm trying to get some fans out of that. Like. When I've I, done that before. When I match with somebody on Tinder, like I'll, I'll like make a joke or say something intriguing or ask an intriguing question to open, like to get an open conversation going. And then it's always like, Hey, I always do this cop out. This move always works. Hey, I don't get on here a lot. What's your IG. And then they give me their IG and I follow them. They follow me back. And now I get another follower on the internet. That's really my main goal. You're an Instagram whore. That's what Instagram whore. That, that's the definition of an Instagram whore. <laughs> you, you're out here shaking your body for dollar dollar bills just to get Instagram followers. I'm sick of it. 
Yeah, man. You gotta, I have, you, it's you, a, you, these are these are girls. I I I want to change the stigmatism. It's an ego problem. Wait, stigmatism. That's like an eye problem. I want to change the stigma against Tinder. Stigmatism. Okay. Because <laughs> I think the problem is guys like you think girls on Tinder are like bad news bears. Um, and girls on and, and, and girls on and there's other girls that think guys on Tinder are just trying to have sex. No, I but, think. I, but think listen, listen, listen. For, I I think there's a lot of men and women out there who are looking for a genuine connection. Yes. And you you are ruining for those people who are looking for like a normal connection. Is people like you are kind of ruining okay. it by by making it all about Instagram followers because. Cause like that ruins the soil. You know what I mean? I just don't so want to be with somebody from my general area. Even when I was in high school, I was dating girls from Morgantown in Pittsburgh. Like I would not. Why are you so elitist, dude? Because I wanted something different. I don't want to experience the same stuff that everybody else. Ex- and it's no knock to them. I just want something different. All right. All right. So I'm, I'm from Greenwich, Connecticut where yeah. like, it's yeah. like, it's like artsy, fartsy, Richie, ditzy, like fucking country club Kennedy's assholes. Right. Yeah. And I don't want anything to do with them. And like, I don't sound like I don't think I talk like I'm fu- a fucking like from Kennedy, Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, I, I don't think like I even look like I'm like the preppiest guy alive. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, I didn't want to associate myself with people from Greenwich. But you know, what I realized that, and it's inherently is kind of fucked up. That's as fucked up as being the douchebag from my hometown. Because by choosing to not associate yourself is a form of elitism and like a form of like separate separatism. And like, well, I definitely and, suffer and, from elitism then. But what I'm saying is like, you can totally like find people in your hometown. There's probably so many hot, cute girls in your hometown who feel the same way. Imagine you met a girl who lives like a mile away from you. Who's like, no one yeah. lives a mile away from me. I live right, in the right, middle right, of nowhere. Five, 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 five miles away from you. Listen, you meet a girl five miles away from you. And she's also like, I hate being in the middle of nowhere. I think West Virginia isn't all that. I want to go to like Allentown, Pennsylvania, because that's cooler than West Virginia. You know what I mean? I don't know. Great. I want to. But that's what I'm trying to say. You don't think there's women in your area who think just like you? They are. There are, Joey. So what's wrong with them? Why are you not? I feel like in order. I've known them. Okay. No, my hometown is essentially a trap. No one leaves. So I know all these people. Does that make sense? I don't think I think if you open up and let love in, you'll realize that you are not as All unique right, as you Pete think Townsend. you are. No, I think you'll open, realize that you're not as as unique as you think you are, which is a good <laughs> thing. No, no, which I'm not knocking you. I, th- I think it's a good thing to realize that because because I, I think you feel like you're so like different from these people. I think you'll find that you actually will have a lot of common in them. A, no, a lot I, I'm a weak. Uh, we can share the same struggle. I think I do share a lot of similarities with people, but uh, everyone thinks they're the most unique person in the world, but, you know, we're all alike. Yeah, man. Except and me. I'm I'll, very unique. I also have an ego problem, and I'm an elitist. No, you're not an elitist. I, 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 I'm just throwing that word around because w- the way you're talking about the people in your town reminds me of the way, like, these asshole country club people talk about... I don't the, hate... I, I think... I love... Because you, you know what... You know what the way you're talking about West Virginia uh, a moment ago, it reminds me of the way the assholes in my country club would talk about West Virginia. They'd be like, oh, don't go to West Virginia. They... You know I, I never mean? said anything bad about it. I just said, like, I wanted to date somebody from... I wanted to experience, like, a different lifestyle or something like that. I don't know. I wanted to experience, like, a different... Uh, then you can't complain about being single. And I'm not complaining quarantine. about being single. I like being single. I've been single essentially 
big portion of my life and I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I do what kids do and like mess around and stuff like that. But like, I, you know, like it's not a big deal to me. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm now don't get me wrong. I'm great at dating. Uh, that, 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 then, I, then maybe I misunderstand. I'm, I'm great at dating, I, Joey. I'm, I'm an elite dater. I will take you on elite dates. I, I would love that. Uh, I, you promise when you come to New York City, you're going to take me out for the night of a town. I, I'm still waiting for that. I want to take you up on that offer. Here, here's a, here. I'll, I know you got a heart out here in a couple minutes, but here's a here's a 1,000 percenter great date idea that will make you look as smooth as butter. You want it? Butter's my favorite, so lay it on me. Butter it on me. Okay, Joey, pretend you are a tall, dark-haired, fit girl uh from maybe the northeast maybe i don't know where you're from you know and i'm a i'm a i'm a 510 volleyball player from uh new jersey that, that's honestly that sounds perfect but yeah, i'm yeah. being i'm being dead serious but uh <laughs> I'm beautiful i'm beautiful i have brunette hair <laughs> Even, even black hair is great with me. I, I it's, like dark. No, hair. it's brunette, it's brunette, but it's wavy. Uh, but I, but like I sometimes curl it to look different, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're fit too. You got to be fit because I'm. Of fit. course I'm fit. I'm. Uh, I play for St. Joe's volleyball team in Philly, even though I'm from New Jersey. That's oh, I thought you were like, gonna say you play for like Monmouth. Okay. Or <laughs> no, no, no. I, I I hate those girls. I I, I played travel volleyball with them. I didn't fuck with them. Okay. Okay. So I'm here too, it is. I'm in the character now. Okay. Here it is. Okay, I got to get my cool guy outfit on. Okay, hold on. So, uh, what's like the worst possible date you could think of? Uh, 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 it's it's not like the scenario; it's the person. I think. Like, 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 like I I wanted a date with this girl that was no, no. This is my this is my this is part of my line. Oh, you're talking to you're talking to, to Samantha, the volleyball player. No, I'm your sorry. name's like Colleen or something. Really uh, northeast. Colleen, um, Colleen, the volleyball player. All right, Colleen. Colleen Del Vecchio. All right. So, so yeah. What are you asking me again? So what's the worst possible date you could think of, Colleen? Uh, going to a sports bar where you watch, eat wins and watch basketball instead of really talking to me and asking about me. Okay. So let's go to a sports bar and let's eat wings and let's talk. I just said I don't want to do that. Yeah. But if you can go to a spot like that that you hate and have a good time with me, then I'm your guy. You, you are literally the cheesiest guy. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> this is Joey talking. Like, like that is something. Franklin, you're my boy. And I, I don't want to shit on you. I'm but joking. I, but I remember, I remember being like, uh, like, like 11 years old, 12 years old, thinking what dating would be like. And I remember writing lines like that. Like, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fucking kill it. And then I tried those lines. And I realized lines like that, no one actually wants that shit. No, this one. Here's here's a, here's a quick blurb. Um, I, I do really well with the artsy, I hate men crowd. I have, a, I've had a lot of success with that crowd. And whenever they say, I hate men, I always say me too. That's why I only date women. And that line kills. So you can have that one kids. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm sorry that I, I, I didn't get to the dating stuff sooner. Uh, I didn't mean to yell at you just now. I, I think I was throwing my own issues at you and you didn't deserve any of that. But, uh, um, Next time I come on, maybe we can just do a full hour on dating. Who knows? That'd be fun. But, I, I like talking about dating. I haven't really talked about that side of me on here. Uh, I don't know what people think about me in terms of the dating world, but uh, I'm curious to see what well, they think. Well, 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 well I want to talk more about dating soon. Thank you so much for letting me take over your show. Thank you so much for letting me interview you and yep. ask you about your life. And I, I really hope uh, this is something that your listeners want because as somebody who listens to your show, I've always wanted to know more about you, and I feel – I'm very happy I got to get you a little mini biography 
in yep. the past when I was hour. when I was 13 or 14 years old, I looked at the TV and I looked at my yellow legal pads and I'm like and I said, "Okay." And then I started writing and never stopped. There it is. Brother, have a great day and I'll, I'll be texting you later tonight with more Twitter drafts. Yep. Remember to uh, subscribe to the podcast Franco's World and Trailer Trashing. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Franco's World underscore. Uh, the show is growing rapidly. I don't know what happened, but make sure you get on the rocket ride before it takes off.